and welcome to Career Center. I'm Kimberly White, Executive Director of the Community Career Center, a resource center located in Naperville, providing job search and professional development advice to clients. Joining me today is career coach Michelle Rademacher to discuss the facets of career changing. Michelle, welcome. Thank you. Kind of get through a lot of there. To, a lot of that to get to you. <laughs> so um, I'm so excited to have you here today. I know we're going to, uh, we talked a little bit about mm -hmm. uh, career changing uh, when you and I met. And uh, I really want to get into that for our clients. But before we do, sure. um, tell me a little bit about your company and who you are and what made you start RP. 4C. Yeah. Um, RP4C actually is an acronym for Reach People for Careers. And I will probably get into this in our program, but I really felt pulled into career coaching mm -hmm. because there are so many people that really struggle in their careers. So the company focuses on guiding people from a spectrum of, hey, I need some guidance in my resume. I've been in my career for 15 years. I'm going to start looking. I haven't done a resume in 15 years, what I do, to the folks that are knowing they need to make a career change and need a strategy how to do it. So it's a big wide spectrum because we have high school aged clients mm -hmm. all the way to um, senior professionals. Mm -hmm. So what does that process look like when a client first reaches out to you? We really have a conversation mm -hmm. and I will say Kim that a lot of people aren't sure what they need. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the folks that find us is because they are lacking clarity mm. in their career. Mm -hmm. I think we specialize in helping bring clarity to the folks that we work with. Mm -hmm. And that's just dependent upon their goals and mm -hmm. what they're looking to do. But most definitely it's focused on careers. So when they come to you, you have that conversation and then you kind of create a, a plan. And how often would you see a, a client? How? Oh, that's a good question. Um, for I'll give you the best example of the one that's the average mm -hmm. um, client. So we're working with them usually on a spectrum of a month at minimum to six months maximum. Usually clients are coming to me because they're ready to make a career change, position change, and so we're taking them through a little bit of self-discovery so that they know more of who they are uh -huh. and what their contribution is to the industry that they are either in or the one that they want to go to, uh -huh. and then helping them land the job. Uh -huh. I don't consider the job done until yeah. they have arrived at that new position or the promotion because right. not every client is looking to leave their company. Right. They're just looking to better position themselves in their career. Right. Yeah. So when you say self-discovery, how do you do that? Are you doing that by uh, with assessment? Is it through the conversation? How do you kind of bring them through to that point where they've kind of mm -hmm. I've arrived? This is what I want to do. That's a good question. Yeah. It's a both and. Okay. So I do like using assessments. The ones that our company focuses on are the ones that have the greatest longevity over the course of a career. Mm -hmm. So you're going to meet, well, you do meet a ton of coaches in your work. Mm -hmm. So everyone has an opinion about that. When I was choosing assessments to work with, I wanted the ones that were going to have a lasting impact on the clients that come to work with me so mm -hmm. that if they're using an assessment in their services, mm -hmm. which we do, it will be something they can carry with them. Mm -hmm. And I tell clients they're going to graduate. Yeah. So we're going to have an ending point and you're going to be able to take that knowledge and go forward in your career. Right. But the assessment tools I use are, one is Workplace Big Five, mm. which is based on mm -hmm. the five-factor model. The American Psychological Association has said that's the gold standard for mm -hmm using an assessment tool in the space of hiring and et cetera. You might want to uh, talk a little bit about those five factors. Yeah, we get maybe we yeah, we should do that. The other tool I use is called UMAP. And mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. a, I think the best way to describe it is it's a roadmap to yourself. Mm -hmm. And it focuses on the four pillars of career satisfaction. One being strengths. So those are the natural talents. You didn't actually mm -hmm. learn them. You right. just, have, you just them. have them. Yep. yep. The second is values. Those are the deal makers and deal breakers for mm -hmm. people in either needing to make a change or in choosing companies. 
issues. Okay. A lot of things that are unpacked with, unpacked with that. The third pillar would be for motivating skills. Uh -huh. And we might get into that when we're talking yep. about the need for career change. The fourth is your career interests kind of tucked into personality. Mm -hmm. That I think that fourth one really ties into the passion piece. Yeah. A lot of people say, follow your passion. That's yeah. okay advice, but it's actually quite misguided. Yeah, yeah. So are people surprised when they go through this self-discovery, especially those, yes. four, yeah, when they, their strengths and their weaknesses and all those things? Yeah, yeah. they really are. And I always, I love it as a coach because I love seeing them have their aha moments. Moments. Mm -hmm. But I think it's, I'm definitely not the first company to have said this, but you really have the greatest impact in your life and in your career, the work that you do mm -hmm. when you really know who you are yeah. and what your contribution is to that industry or to that work. Yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> I, I love assessments. I love when people can self-discover. I think all that stuff is it's really, really good. good. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk a little bit. Let's get a little bit more personal and talk about you. I know you've gone through a career change. I did. Yeah. Twice. So, twice. <laughs> So let's talk about when you went to school, you planned to do what? And then where did you start to decide? To veer off yeah. a little bit. So when I was in high school, mm -hmm. I decided to um, become an architect. Mm -hmm. And I really was only following one particular pillar, if you will, if we yeah. look at those four that's foundational to a satisfied career. And it was because I was passionate about architecture. Mm. So I pursued that with a little bit with blinders on. Mm. Um, I was good at drawing. I did math fairly well. I liked building things. I could see things three-dimensionally, spatially. All good things for Right, architect, yeah. check, check, check. Yeah. I visited an architecture firm and the career day, but I really failed to look at every part of the architect role in the day-to-day, -day. Mm -hmm. but I still went to school for it. I actually have an undergraduate and a master's in architecture, wow. and I did 12 years in that you profession. Good, yeah, you don't get to play around a lot when you're going to architecture No, school. you do not. No, it was busy. Work, yeah. <laughs> but it was um, something that I pursued, and I did have a lot of joy out of it, but there was enough tugging along the way that made me think I might have misstepped, mm -hmm. but sometimes I think a lot of folks that are stuck in careers, it's because well, shoot, you know, there's a lot of money behind me yeah. with my degree. There's yeah. a lot of time invested, and that becomes a little bit of a stumbling block to mm -hmm. make a change. Mm -hmm. So how long were you doing, doing that? that? Mm -hmm. I was in the profession for 12 years before really? I actually finally pivoted. Mm -hmm. and, and what made you decide? What was the it, kind of the thing that said it's time? Uh, I can actually go back to 2011, 2012, when I knew that I needed to make a change. Mm -hmm. But it took me years to really relinquish that, but it also was because I didn't have proper guidance to know what oh. the next step was. I was doing a lot of things that I'm sure a lot of folks do, which was taking assessments on my own, mm -hmm. maybe going to like a seminar. Um, I really didn't even know of a concept of a career coach at that time, and I wish I had, mm -hmm. because I could have gone through that process faster. Mm -hmm. And so you said you made two changes, so what was the second the pivot? Second pivot? So I loved architecture and I kind of took a sabbatical year to discover a couple of different things. I fell into executive recruiting mostly because I was being recruited so much that year. Mm -hmm. um, the architecture industry actually remains a very hot talent market mm -hmm. right now. So if anybody's watching that's in that space, mm -hmm. it's a good year still mm -hmm. to be looking at opportunities. But I found that I was really good at connecting people mm -hmm. and I knew that industry really well. So I felt like I could help people find really good positions that were good opportunities for mm -hmm. them. Like kind of that 
talent bridge maker. It's mm -hmm. one of the other things I talk about in my business now. Mm -hmm. I just do it in the reverse way. I did that for approximately four years and I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I really did. But I also felt like can, there's only one person that actually gets the position, right? Mm -hmm. So any of these other slew of candidates that you wanted to help. And so I found myself oh. just tugged into that space of, gosh, I want to do something more for them. Right. So career coaching became the calling because yeah. I could impact more people. And if you were a client or a candidate, you mm -hmm. know, that I recruited, I could now instead focus on, okay, Kim, what are your okay. priorities here? Okay. What is it that you want? Let's help you get that job yeah. as opposed to finding someone to fit them into the job. Right. It's about making it the right fit for you. Right. Right. So you, you talked, I know um, earlier about this, but, um, just to maybe expand upon this a little bit more, mm -hmm. um, signs that you realized uh, when you realized, um, you know what, I need to make this change. What are some other things that do you know you, the biggest indicator to that? me was stress level mm. was exceptionally high. And I say that with caution cause I don't want that to be like, I'm sure flags are going off for everybody if they're right. like, well, stress is stress right. in the workplace. But actually one of the assessment tools in UMAP is using StrengthsFinder by mm -hmm. the Gallup organization. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they say that um, when you are not using your natural talents, that your stress levels will increase. And mm -hmm. I link that because that really was the case for me. So that mm -hmm. was one really big indicator. Mm -hmm. Work was no longer enjoyable. It was exceptionally stressful mm -hmm. and the work hours were unbearable mm -hmm. because it just was that much to do with mm -hmm. a lower talent market. Mm -hmm. So stress was number one. What else? The second was just that lack of clarity piece that I talk about with mm -hmm. clients. I didn't know what was wrong, but I knew something was wrong. Just didn't feel right. Yeah. It was like, but that was the scary part because I'd spent so many years right. <laughs> in that profession. So it was like, well, what would I do next? Yeah. That's a lot of, you know, what would I do? Yeah. So it took some time, which is why yeah. I wish I'd had somebody walking along right? <laughs> <laughs> to, to kind of help you do that. Yeah. So one stress two, just that clarity. And it was, it was such confusion yeah. about what would be the next step. I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know mm -hmm. what. And I mm -hmm. find that for the clients I've coached now, Kim, as a career coach, that is always those two go hand in hand. There's stress level that they basically reach a boiling point that they need to make a change. Uh -huh. But in addition to that, they do not know what it's uh -huh. almost kind of like, I think you could be just so stuck in the day to day of what you're doing uh -huh. that it's difficult to step back. Uh -huh. Um, Kristen Sherry, who's the creator of UMAP, she, um, said this, um, in our certification process and I just loved it. She said in self-discovery, it's really difficult to read the label inside the jar. Uh. It is. So when you are the one okay. going through all that, isn't that a good yeah. quote? When you're the one going through all of that, it's really hard for you to read what's going on on mm -hmm. the outside because you're stuck in the middle of everything mm -hmm. that you're processing. Mm -hmm. So as a coach, a career coach, I come alongside that person and I help them pull out those details that they need to see to be able to get the clear picture and to chart the course mm -hmm. and where and, they need to go. Yeah, and obviously everyone would be different. So mm -hmm. specific things that you say to, to those who are going through this, what are, what are some things that you would share with um you know, someone that said, Hey, I just don't know what to do for like, they're right at mm -hmm. that precipice. Mm -hmm. Like they're watching, yeah, they're, they're like, watching. I think this is me. I'm going to yeah. need to do a career change. The very first thing I would say for them to do is if they're serious about it, get connected with a career coach, okay. because if they are serious, they want to make that change faster. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely a strategy to walk through it. Mm -hmm. If they're not so serious yet, they're just kind of like, I'm dipping my toe in the very right. baby pool. Right. Then I would say, 
get plugged into the local resources because that's where you can begin to do very casual discovery of options that relate to your current field. Mm -hmm. But I think my biggest encouragement to them, Kim, is that you can change. Mm -hmm. Do not let yourself stay stuck in a career be just because you think you can't do something else. Mm-hmm. I think that fear of that change fear. is something that holds a lot of people back. And it, there is a little bit of that to be credited because it's not the easiest thing to mm-hmm. make a change. But I wouldn't ever take back my other career for mm-hmm. that peace, that freedom, that just there's a fluidity to walking in the calling that you have on your mm-hmm. life. And the whole thing I talk about with clients all the time is you have a purpose. Yeah. You are here for a reason. I encourage people on that because I think not enough people are hearing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's understand what that is for you and let's get you lined up to that. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a really big shift happening basically industry wide, nationwide, even seeing it with my connections through LinkedIn across the world, people are getting lined up to what they're meant to do. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to be able to make that change. I think that's giving them permission. Yeah. Do you, do you see that, um, that change? You know, when I think about it back in 2008 and nine, it was totally different than now. Yep. Right. And so the fear was clearly different then, but there's still a lot of fear now. I think that's a great point you just brought up because, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people think that the disruptions that happen to them, let's say they're unintentionally unemployed. Mm-hmm. They just got yeah. let go. Oftentimes that's the intentional disruption that that individual needed to course to correct. It. Yeah. And I'm so glad you mentioned it because I was let go in the early part of 2009 as a part of the big recession. Yeah. Architecture obviously is a part of the built Absolutely. world. It's going to slow down. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to build new buildings or new spaces if we don't have to. And that really was, if I look back and kind of yeah. see through the bigger picture, that was the first time that I really probably should have paused. You know what? When we come back, I want to Dig Talk in. a little bit more about that. Okay. So, all right. We're going to take a few minutes, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion with Michelle on changing careers. We'll be right back after these important public service announcements. I'll never forget the day our landlord called and said, read your lease. No pets allowed. My owner tells him my dog ate the lease, but that didn't work. And now I'm stuck in a shelter, but this pit bull is ready for a new crib. I'm loving, loyal, and play well with others. So don't be intimidated by all my muscles, because the biggest one I have is my heart. <laughs> That's right, I said it. Welcome back to Career Center. I'm Kim White and continuing my conversation with Michelle. Thanks for staying with me. Yes. So we had started to talk about the fear people faced in 2008, um, Mm -hmm. you know, 2008-9-10 to today, even changing careers. I mean, a lot of people, I think, as you mentioned, decided at that point it was probably a good time to do it because things were changing. Um, Give me your thoughts around that. Let's... Yeah, it's interesting because for me, I can look back and wished I had just explored a little bit more mm-hmm. um, because I could see that that was an intentional interruption in the course that I had charted. Mm-hmm. For some in the industry, and I say this with um, just a, a degree of 
um, seriousness because they didn't want to leave the career, but okay. they had to okay. because there weren't jobs. Okay. So there is a lot to be said for that time period okay. professionally. There are a lot of folks that they came out of school okay. with a degree in architecture and it was like, there's no jobs to be had. So what is great about architects in general is that they actually have learned how to problem solve really mm -hmm. well. So they are able to flex into a lot of different roles, okay. I think, by nature of how the education is. So all is not lost. Right. But Good. I think that there is that fear. And so you do have to learn how to adapt. Yeah. But I think when we're talking about it in terms of career change, if you're recognizing that there's a fear that you're not sure about what to do mm -hmm. or that you don't think you can do it, that's when you have to just kind of silence that voice. Mm -hmm. Because in reality, everybody has transferable skills. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where people miss it. You know, it's on paper for me to go from an architect to an executive recruiter, that's actually a pretty big leap, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But I have natural talents as somebody who connects with people. Mm -hmm. I'm highly adaptable. Yeah. That's just kind of built into me, right? Mm -hmm. So I can flex Those fast. Strengths that we, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But then the skills that you learn on a job in architecture also can translate to other roles and opportunities. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do a lot in the UMAP coaching process is help people to see what is it that you really enjoy doing mm -hmm. and how can that be, you know, surfaced or um, shown in the next career that you're making, mm -hmm. you have to kind of chart the course and there's some fine tuning. But I think if we can silence that voice of fear, mm -hmm. you can actually step forward in some confidence. Mm -hmm. The recession that we all experienced was challenging, but I think if we're looking at the fact that um, our circumstances don't define us, right. actually, you know, and neither does our career. Right. I think we can't build our identity into that. And I think that was another thing that I had to let go of. Yeah. I built up a very successful career in architecture and that's yeah. how I built my identity, which was why I think a lot of people have a hard time letting go. Yeah. So people shouldn't look at, at it as a step back if they're looking to change careers. No. Those perceptions out there are misperceptions, if you will. Right. It yeah. is a misperception. Yeah. I mean, if anything, it's looking at the fact that what could your future look like if you actually were doing the things you love to do. Mm -hmm. I just caution people against hearing advice from others that are well-meaning to say, follow what you love. Mm -hmm. Because I did that. Mm -hmm. I followed what I loved. I loved architecture. And I actually grew to dislike it because the work of it was draining the love of it. Mm. So don't let something that is perceived as a joy become the job. Uh -huh. Instead, in a intentionally named the business RP4C, standing for careers, uh -huh. because it's about have, and when you talk about having a career, you're enjoying what right. that is. If you right. say you have a job, yeah. do you like that do you job? Like that? Yeah. I don't think so. And I think there's, I want to make sure it's really clear to viewers. I don't say career as in it's a white collar, uh -huh. high paying professional job. A career can still be something that is yeah. more technical yeah, or more absolutely. trade focused, but it's still the fact that you enjoy it. Right. 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 For sure. So, um, what would you say has been the biggest benefit in, in changing and taking your career in a new direction? Oh man, only one. <laughs> okay. You can tell me two or three. Right. But, I just, yeah. it's, but it's a good question to ask for the biggest benefit. There is a piece that I have that I could never have had before. Mm -hmm. When you are in the flow of what you are wired to do, your daily tasks, you know, I talk about this with clients, <laughs> you're never going to get to do everything that you love to do in a job. Right. A perfect job does not exist. Right. 
right? Or perfect career in that mm -hmm. sense, the daily tasks, but you can do most of it that way. So I think the peace and just that harmony that exists in my life, I wouldn't trade that ever. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I would say the benefit I get is the joy of walking alongside people to help mm -hmm. get them aligned to what their purpose is, what's their calling, helping them to, um, get clarity mm -hmm. so that they can actually walk in that. Mm -hmm. So no regrets at all at taking this career in there. That's so, I know. Yeah. Yeah, and none. Um, so I know we talked a little bit about this, but um, you went from architect and then executive, executive recruiter. recruiter, and then and now you're doing your own thing as a career coach, mm -hmm. which is awesome. So um, were there, or has there been, and you know, I think we touched on this just a little bit, but like no regrets at all about doing that. Like this is just, you know, you're confident this is what you were meant to do. Yes. And I, there's no regrets. Yeah. So I'm affirming yeah. the fact that, yeah. yes, it's absolutely what I wanted to do. And I think if someone's watching, cause we talked yeah. about this, like yeah. career change or take heart, take heart, take heart. Yeah. It is something that is, um, a little bit of work ahead of you, mm -hmm. but if you could basically describe two yeah. days to somebody and one is like the dreaded Monday yeah. and they're just can't handle it and yeah. they're stressed, they're frustrated. Yeah. They get home from work and they're mad at their family because they're just dealing with so much stress at work versus you have a Monday you can't wait to go into yeah. work for and you're working with a great team and you leave the workplace and get home to your family yeah. and it's like, guess what happened today? Yeah. You know, you're excited about it. Yeah. Weighing, those, Weighing those things. Recognizing, yeah. yes, it takes some work, but <laughs> what would you give yeah. to have a more productive, yeah. a, a more enjoyable every day? Absolutely. One thing I talk about with folks to help them understand the gravity of this, if we do very conservative numbers, mm -hmm. someone's career could span 40 to 50 years. And that's taking it right out yep. of college typically into Absolutely. maybe like 65, mm -hmm. but most people work longer than that. And so when you break all that down into numbers and you look at the enormity of those hours, you know, it's yeah. not to stay stuck in something like that. Absolutely. I would encourage people all the way from they're in their twenties and they're like, but I went to school for this and now I'm just so, I just hate it. Yeah. Even to the folks that are in their fifties and then the latter half of their career, it is not ever too late. And it just takes an intentional strategy. Yeah. Really does. I've seen it happen for clients. Yeah. I love hearing that. And that's why, you know, I asked a couple of times about regrets because I know when we talk to clients, oftentimes, you know, there's that fear and yeah. oh, if I do it, what if I regret it? And we hear that all the time. So that's why there's actually two things in tucked into the fear <laughs> that kind of to help people like understand which one they might be dealing with. I think there's a fear of not being able to make the same amount of money that they make mm. if they're mm -hmm. just a long history of it. Well, if I change careers, am I going to be able to have that same salary? Mm -hmm. There's that fear. And I think the other fear is, well, I don't have any experience mm -hmm. in this career that I might want to go into. And we can work through that by strategy. Mm -hmm. But if you let either one of those stop you from even taking an exploratory look, exploratory look, then, you know, you've already just stopped yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's not good. That's not good. So, um, what are some examples of career changes you've helped guide others through? Good question. So I would say in a lot of cases for my clients, they've been a close cousin. Okay. So, uh, you know, I think we can do a leaps and bounds kind of career mm -hmm. change. I actually think mine's an example of a leaps and mm -hmm. bounds architect daily yeah. tasks to an executive yeah. recruiter, not the same, yeah. but I can showcase how that's similar. So close cousins would be somebody that's in an industry and they're pivoting just a little bit to another. So let me give you an example of, um, interior designer to workplace strategist. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they're taking a little bit more fine tuning of the role that they want right. and going after that. Um, in my case, just to go to the case yep. of the leaps and bounds, it's the fact that 
I was able to pinpoint what I was really skilled at. I took industry knowledge and applied that to that new industry. Mm. So for some that are thinking like, I really would like to go to this, they probably have a lot more to offer in that Kim than mm -hmm. they realize mm -hmm. because you don't have a tug towards something right. if you don't have something to give to it. Right. You know? Right. So rec recognizing what you can maybe take from your past industry experience and apply it to that. And in my case, a lot of it was the skills that transferred. Mm -hmm. So I'm highly adaptable to um, being able to work with a lot of different people, a lot of different mm -hmm. clients as a career coach now. Mm -hmm. And I learned that in my architecture industry. I did a lot of interior architecture. Mm -hmm. No, it was it would happen all the time that like a client would have a fire for a design emergency and we mm -hmm. have to drop what we're doing yeah, on the CD exactly. set yeah. and pivot. It didn't bother me. For yeah. others it would have because it just went against how they were wired. But yeah. for me it was like, no, that's fine. You know? Right. So that kind it. of thing. Yeah. So give me an example of someone else who you've worked with that's kind of done that leap. I haven't had anyone that's done as big of a leap as that. I've okay. had more that are like the marginal pivots. Yeah. But I would say don't shy away from it if you see if you see yeah. yourself doing the marginal leap. You can have people, let's say they are um, working as an engineer and they want to um, go into medicine. Mm -hmm. Let's be realistic with the fact that that requires education and it requires mm -hmm. a, a detour. But I would still be encouraging of them yeah. if all the data showed through assessments and conversations and coaching that that was the right path. Yeah. So I want people to understand I'm never going to discourage the path of they're looking at unless there's red flags that I'm yeah. seeing, but you can still see those that are able to take what they do. So I'm glad you're bringing this up yeah. because it's not as simple as I want to be an astronaut. Right. Okay, good. Yeah. But there's steps involved with right, that, right? Right, right? And so we want to make sure that you're making smart, intentional moves towards that if that's really where you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. But I think most people, can. it's rare to have the leaps and bounds mm -hmm. change. It's more the dialing and the shift. Mm -hmm. But I want those that are thinking of a leaps and bounds change to it's be encouraged because yeah. it is, it really is. Yeah. You just have to know what you're willing to invest in right. making that change. Right. Do you have a lot of folks um, who need to go back to school and get some other training? No. no. And actually, this is one that might be a good follow-up <laughs> conversation in general for the show, and that is about the, the change in the conversation relative to the higher education. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of people that actually are very qualified to mm -hmm. do certain work that may have had a different degree. And probably there's a lot of folks watching that are career changers themselves, they don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. They might have spent like three or four years in the degree or working right. with the degree that they had, but right. then they pivoted. Right. So you can have folks that went to school for broadcast journalism and then they found themselves in a sales role mm -hmm. that might be working with the equipment that right. comes into the space to do the show. Right. So there's some things about how you, once you finally get lined up to where you want to be, mm -hmm. But if you realize that what you learn in school and how that can actually apply in a different way, I think learning to be adaptable is a really critical it's, factor. Yeah. And there's probably more people that have done career changes than we realize. Right, mm -hmm. right. So um, what are some, you know, as we kind of think through all of this and your own successful career change, what are some takeaways for people as who, they, yeah, as they go through this that uh, who wants to be successful like you in doing, doing it I would say that if they're really ready the success comes with the conclusion and the landing in the role in the <clears throat> career that they want mm -hmm. and so I'm assuming that that's how most people are going to define success uh -huh. right so I would say buckle up and be prepared to actually do the inner work to unlock all the wonderful things about you I also really mind um, folks can that 
they're all unique. Mm -hmm. I love working with so many varieties of folks because they really are really different. I could have one architect and another architect right by me and they're unique because mm -hmm. of how they've been made. So I encourage people to recognize it's going to be a process. And for me, and not quick sometimes. It could be not absolutely quick, yep. but not long either. Yeah. I really have the philosophy as a career coach in my business is that I want to equip you with the tools for you to thrive in your career and that you will graduate. Uh -huh. This is not about being attached to me forever. It's that philosophy of teaching someone to fish versus feeding them every day. Right. So I think that the success comes with um, adhering to a strategy uh -huh. and to recognize that coaching is necessary. There's no great athlete ever that didn't mm -hmm. have proper coaching. Mm -hmm. So if you really want to do well in your career, go alongside a career coach mm -hmm. and actually get that, you know, those tools, those, you know, coaching sessions to equip you in the best way to thrive mm -hmm. in what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. Don't try to do it alone. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. You can take my example. Yeah, I did. You did. It took years. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle, thank you so much. This went by so fast. I know. Yeah. It was fun though. Thank you thank so you. much for uh, joining me on this month's edition of Career Center. I appreciate that. And to our television audience, if you are in a job transition or looking for job search professional career advice, visit the Community Career Center at 1815 West Hill Road, Suite 900 in Naperville, or search us on the web at communitycareercenter.org. Thanks so much for watching.